When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area, and that is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and they are great at what they do, not only taking care of your teeth, but treating you well. They treat you like family. So many of us at DNVR go over to Green Mountain Dental, and that is exactly the case. They treat you like family, and you can talk Colorado sports, so it's a great experience, especially for having to go to the dentist. And on top of that, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. So check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, fellas, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach May, Sake at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR. We are live from Studio C once again. And the C today stands for... Championship. Which is what Melvin Gordon believes the Broncos <laughs> should have. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about that here in a second because I think we might – well, maybe we'll agree. I don't know. We actually haven't talked about this off air, so I don't know if we're going to agree or disagree on this. Um, but we'll, we'll, we will get to that in just a second. First, a little shout-out to our friends, MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go – to scope out all they have to offer, and they have a lot to offer, especially if you're le- looking to work a full-time job. And when you use the code DNVR, they will waive your application fee. So check out our friends over at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what is going on? Hump day, but technically in the Broncos week, we are past hump day because our week has moved up one day. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it's great. I don't know about you guys, but... Um... Maybe it's because I got my start covering college football. Uh, I like the idea of the week ending on Saturday. <laughs> but I thought we had this conversation in the past, and, and weeks start on Monday, not Sunday. Well, weeks do start on Monday, but I just mean 
like having Sunday actually off. Oh man. And, and, and I'm hoping that they don't make any changes till Monday morning so that we get a full day of other football on Sunday. Yeah. See, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like at, at minimum we're going to be doing season ending stuff. So like, I guess this is just a media thing for me. I, I it's not Sunday's not going to be a day off. We're going to, we're going to be sitting there with the zooms while the games are on at, at home doing zooms while the games are on, on the TV. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's not really any days off really in this, in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that you don't have to like go show up anywhere. Um, it will be nice to watch other football. Yeah, exactly. Good football. Um, okay. So we talked about it a little bit off the top. Um, but Melvin Gordon had a really interesting quote earlier this week. And, and Zach, maybe you can give us the full quote, but essentially he says, I don't understand, you know, why, uh, why we're sitting here out of the playoffs because I believe this is a championship roster. Yep, exactly. And and Ryan, he just he was in disbelief when thinking about the Broncos having a losing season, when thinking about the Broncos not making the playoffs. And I got to say, it was a great interview. If you want to see just an honesty uh, and just a guy just pouring his heart out and being so hurt, you got to go check out Melvin's interview because it, it was a really good one. But he went off for a long time, had a lot of things to say. But Ryan, to, to hit on that exact quote, he said, a couple of years with my Chargers, we had some really talented teams. This team was probably just across the board. And then he kind of stopped before saying this team was better. And then he went on and said, it's such a well-built team, like a Super Bowl team. You know, you just sit back and you get so frustrated because we're just so much better than our record shows. And we know that. And then he just keeps going on like he's lost for words why the Broncos are seven and nine yeah and this is why um I often say like don't always trust evaluations about the team from inside the team um because you know like a lot of times you'll talk to a player and they might have something really glowing to say about another player or they might you know behind closed doors have something bad to say about another player there's there is such a thing as too close and sometimes i think even we can be too close um to see the forest through the trees and the they are even uh, exponentially closer than we are so i think this goes to an expectations problem that has you know that is uh, uh, that goes to a larger thing that's been happening for years here with the broncos um because we are all too close you know even you know watching training camp and things like that bring us a little too close and so we are evaluating the broncos against the broncos especially in training camp and it allows guys to get overvalued and over evaluated and so yeah like i i think that there is a problem with the way that we view players and we view the players a lot of them better than they actually are because we are comparing the Broncos to the Broncos. I think another wow, thing I mean, also, I think another thing that comes into play though is also guys kind of year after year, we see uh, the, we see the Broncos bringing in say a, a quarter, like a Joe Flacco, a case Keenum. And we kind of get the whole, Oh, well, they're a quarterback way away if they do this and they do that. And so part of it is, uh, I think, kind of just how the team is is built, how the team is sold and promoted on a year by year basis. Yeah. And and I didn't know that uh, we were going to be crushing ourselves 
for this on this ryan wow just bringing the hammer on mace and me and you as well uh and really quick a lot of people in the comment section helping us out saying throw us a like so if you're tuning in on youtube throw us a like on youtube we'd really appreciate it if you're tuning in on twitter jump over to youtube it's a better stream in the comment sections better and of course subscribe we really appreciate every single like we get so thank you all for pointing that out as well and guys i think i think melvin gordon's right on this in one aspect, I think the Denver Broncos running back room is Super Bowl caliber, and that's where he's the closest is the running back room. Outside of that, I think he's probably too close. Uh, he's uh, a little too high on this team, whatever you want to say. I think this the running back room. I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams is a is a one two punch is a is a one one punch, whatever you want to call it is Super Bowl caliber. Outside of that, I don't see a Super Bowl caliber team here. So I think the most important thing to do as it relates to this discussion is to have the conversation that we had a lot last offseason, um, which is if you change the quarterback. Because to me, as soon as you look at the quarterback room, this team is eliminated from the Super Bowl instantly, right away. They have no chance. They, they will not win a Super Bowl with those guys at quarterback. And so right then, Melvin is wrong. But then you ask the question, is this a Super Bowl roster with the right quarterback? And that's where I think the answer can be yes. Um, but it doesn't necessarily change the fact that I think some of the players are overvalued just because, you know, in, in speaking for Broncos country here, there are guys. Um, and so – you know, they are, there's that old saying, like, no, the player is no, uh, always most valuable to their own team. And, you know, outsiders might not see it the same way. And I think that's true of a lot of the Broncos as it relates to the national perspective on these players um, and the fans. With that being said, a quarterback raises all boats. And so I do think that you can make the argument that this is a Super Bowl roster with the right quarterback. But without it, it's not even it's not even in the conversation. Well, he didn't make that qualifier though on, on this. Right. Now, maybe subconsciously he did, but I think kind of the the, the other interesting thing here is if he said he says it's a super Bowl, it was a team that was built was was well built, such a well built team, a Super Bowl a, a Super Bowl roster. So why isn't it? I mean, to me, it's kind of the implication is well, the roster's good enough, then. Either yep. one of two things, either the players themselves didn't do enough or it wasn't coached well enough. It, was, it wasn't put in the right position to succeed. Yeah, and, and that, that was something that I certainly, when I was listening to, that's mm -hmm. exactly what I was thinking when Melvin Gordon was asked straight up, well, why is this team not a Super Bowl team. Why aren't they in the playoffs? He said he put it he put it back on the players, which I thought was a, a really smart thing of him to do. But he certainly could have pointed to the coaches or he could have pointed to the quarterback. And there was one point, and I don't remember the exact quote, where he almost hinted that there was something, but then he didn't go there. It was like he wanted to go there, but then was like, no, 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 I, I can't do that. And I'm curious to see if it would have been the quarterback because he would have been right or if it would have been the coaching because there's certainly some validity to that as well. And so for me, when I think about evaluating the roster and Ryan, I try to do this 
by taking myself out of being too close. And it was a conversation that we had just a couple weeks ago, one day before Pro Bowlers were announced. And that, I think, was a pretty honest reflection of where we thought the team was. I mean, we could have told ourselves the Broncos had six Pro Bowlers and convinced ourselves that Garrett Bowles and Cortland Sutton, you know, they were playing at, at their peak levels and they should get it too. We didn't do that. We all said probably two Pro Bowlers, Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan. When you look at Super Bowl teams, they have six, seven, eight Pro Bowlers. And of course, this is just eliminating the quarterback position because we know that that, I mean, one of those has to be uh, a quarterback in the Pro Bowl for, for you to have a chance. But we said two. We said the Broncos are like a third of the way there or a quarter of the way there just with the roster. Again, not even with the quarterback position. And then the rest of the NFL said zero, zero pro bowlers. And again, we think that one or two guys were probably snubbed, but it's not like we're, we're saying it's the biggest snub in the world. I can't believe this. This is the first time since 1980 the Broncos have, haven't had a pro bowler. Sure, there was a snub or two, but Broncos roster is very far from being there. Yeah, and I mean, some of that may be obviously because but players not in great in great position like for example i mean i would say with melvin gordon javante williams and he alluded to this earlier or in that press conference on monday that if if it were one or the other you'd probably have they'd probably be among the league leaders in rushing probably among the top three or top four i don't think he's i agree with that yeah i don't think he's wrong there but yeah and the pro bowl is not the most perfect metric but it's it's kind of it's 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 what we have and when you don't have any players making it based on on that and by the way you know a good you know obviously the fan voting counts for a third but the player vote counts for a third of that too so even within nfl circles uh it doesn't seem like the players see this roster as of that caliber yeah uh and and jay in the comments says who are the overvalued players i mean the list is extensive in my opinion um, you know, I'll, I'll just go across the board here. I think Cortland Sutton is overvalued. Um, I think that Jerry Judy is overvalued to this point. And I'm a Jerry Judy believer. And, and I'm right. talking about when you look at the roster on paper and you're looking at the depth chart and you're seeing these guys and you're saying, and you see a Jerry Judy and you're like, wow, yeah, that's a star caliber player. He really is. He hasn't proved it yet. So he's overvalued. Right. Um, Drew Locke it, by some factions of the fan base is overvalued by other I think is undervalued um you know that's you know the age-old debate um Noah Fant is overvalued um Dalton Reisner is overvalued um you know you go down the list Bradley Chubb is overvalued especially when you're looking at the team on paper um I think Cortland I sorry I think Justin Simmons is slightly overvalued by the fan base as you know compared to the way that he's seen outside of Denver um you go on and on. I think there's like very few players that play above expectations. And Ryan, what you just pointed at was pretty much all of the Broncos quote unquote stars. So who's not overvalued? Well, it's the guys that are kind of fringe starters. And those guys that every team has some of those, but we're, we're talking about all the guys, the Broncos need to be stars. Just, haven't been this year now if you change the quarterback situation i'm sure Cortland sutton looks better i'm sure jerry yes, judy looks 100%. better but 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 right now it, it's 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 I can't disagree with you, Ryan. Cortland Sutton is overvalued. Jerry Judy, we look at him and we say he's he's the best route runner in the league. He's one of the best guys at getting open. 
that's just turned into really nothing for him or for this offense. Uh, and so I, I think the the running back position is not overvalued. I think the running back position is there. The secondary, we even saw it the first like six weeks of the season, they were overvalued. Now I think they've really stepped up. But outside of that, uh, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, I wouldn't say those guys are undervalued at all. Uh, $10 million lineman, Shelby's probably playing right, right at that. And Draymond Jones, he's kind of like the secondary. He was disappointing the first half of the season. Second half, he's kind of, he, he, he he's come on strong. But neither of those guys we were talking about making the Pro Bowl. And then the inside linebacker position. So when you go through this, Ryan, I'm right there. There's so many more guys overvalued than undervalued, at least where the team stands in 2021 and right now. And just to add on to that, um, you know, the quarter or sorry, the wide receivers are uh, are the one that I give the biggest break to. But also, that's our fault for not seeing that before the season. You know, like like I think that with a quarterback, you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, who are both legitimate stars in the NFL. Um, but it's up to us when we look at the roster on paper, again, when we're talking about the roster, looking at it on a sheet of paper, it's up to us to say, well, those guys are only as good as the quarterback. So that doesn't actually boost the team up in terms of what we should be expecting because that's a reliant position. Um, you know, the offensive line is also reliant on the quarterback. People usually talk about it the other way around, but it really is true. The offensive line is reliant on the quarterback. And so without a quarterback, yeah, it does affect Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reiser and Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, so it's not I'm it's not all these players' faults necessarily right. that they get overvalued, but I think it's important for everyone to see the bigger picture when they look at this. You know, the one that I don't have any excuses for is the pass rush. Um, because you that the pass rush is dependent. And it's dependent on good coverage. And you know what this team does really well? It covers really well. Um, so the pass rush doesn't get any excuses for me. But And they, and they definitely are overvalued. So um, it's more about, is this really a Super Bowl roster the way it's constructed? No, it's not because it's missing some of the stuff that, that, you, that you need to elevate some of the talent on the team. Yeah, and the other thing is also when we're talking about uh, so many groups kind of coming in below, uh, perhaps below expectations or below what uh, the the value should be. If you have if you have one or two players isolate here and there, it's probably on the player. But when we're talking about multiple position groups, aside from inside linebacker, which was just wrecked by by injuries, I think when you lose your your two starters. Yeah. In the first six games, I think you kind of put a asterisk by that and you just move on. But at all other positions, when you keep talking about, okay, this group or these players weren't uh, what they were expected to be, then that ultimately kind of comes back to coaching. That's the it, common thread. It comes back to coaching or it comes back to what Ryan was saying, just us overvaluing these mm -hmm. guys. And and not only us, but the team uh, and, and specifically, you know, the, the general manager. And one thing that Peyton and George Peyton, he has the opposite going for him than John Elway did. When John Elway, when there was a player on the cusp after the after John Elway or in the past couple of years, 
people would not give that player the benefit of the doubt. They would say, John Elway drafted him, so he's going to be bad. John Elway signed him in free agency, so he's going to be bad. George Payton's the opposite right now. Uh, he has done a good job in the draft. He has done a good job in free agency. Uh, but it's still he's getting the, the benefit of the doubt of being new, uh, of being fresh, of not having this bad taste in your mouth like John Elway had for so many fans after Super Bowl 50 and after what ensued there. And so I do think that George Payton, when he's touched this roster, has got the benefit of the doubt so far. And like we've talked about, 80 percent of the well, 80 percent or the, the, the quarterback, the non quarterback positions, he's got an A, A plus on so far. That's only like twenty percent of the of the evaluation. The other eighty percent is the quarterback, and right now he's he's failed that. So it grades out to you know he's truly done like a C C minus job. But everything that he's done non quarterback seems to have been pretty good. But then we see just how much that twenty percent matters, and how much that eighty percent can hurt the twenty percent if it's not there. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting conversation, and. Um... I think it's better to honestly end up undervaluing guys than overvaluing guys. Um, and again, I think we'll see that happen if they do get a quarterback. You know, guys like Noah Fant, who some of the fan base is, you know, ready to call a bus. And we, you know, I speak for myself and I say I've been hard on him this year. Um, now, I'm really excited from what I've seen the last few weeks. Uh, but like, that's a guy who all of a sudden just becomes a star. Um, you know, Tim Patrick all of a sudden is outplaying his contract. And same with Cortland Sutton. And Jerry Judy looks like a freak. So these things do matter, and, and I, I, these guys are good. You know, a lot of people talking about Court coming back from an injury. Totally. But we still thought – we still expected him to be great this year. Um, and that's on us. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a really interesting conversation, one that I think we can continue on the other side. Um, first, I want to remind you guys to come down to the DNVR bar. A little primetime Nuggets action tonight. Uh, Nuggets, Jazz, 8 p.m., ESPN. Uh, that'll be fun. Come down to the DNVR bar. Try our new chicken sandwich. It is so good. The chicken so crispy. They put, like, a whole chicken breast. It's just all the way outside of the bun. Um, the chipotle aioli, the pickles, it is out of this world. And there's a lot of good food on the menu at the DNVR bar. I love the turkey club as well. Um, so come down, check it out. Wash it all down with the Breck Brew. <laughs> Uh, enjoy our fun bar staff down there. It's a, it's a really good time. And of course you'll be surrounded by lots of Nuggets fans tonight or Broncos fans on Saturday. Um, whenever you come down, you'll hopefully meet some good people and have a good time at the NVR bar. A lot of people are saying that we're, we must be smoking something by saying that this roster isn't Super Bowl caliber. And we're not smoking anything right now. But if you want to smoke something, you can get it over at Lightshade Dispensary. And you can even get it 25% off by using the code DNVR, whether you're in person or at Lightshade.com. They've got 10 premier dispensary locations in the Denver metro area and Aurora as well. Soon to be 11. So they're everywhere that you can find one. And right Right now, they've got Wana Opticals, which fast asleep 20 to 100 THC to CBD ratio. And if you need to get some shut eye, there's no better thing to turn to than Wana. And they've got it all over at Lightshade because they are the pre-
premier Colorado dispensary. They offer something for everyone, from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. They've got premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And again, use the code DNVR, whether you're at lightshade.com or one of their 10, soon-to-be 11 in-person locations. Use DNVR for 25% off over at Lightshade Dispensary. Also, are you looking for a new career? Maybe check out what's available at Ball. They've got, of course, a a big plant over in Golden. And right now, they're looking for production technicians. If you want to get in on that and join Zach St. Julie, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. And if you're a production technician, you're going to make aluminum cans, aluminum ends, aluminum cups, just like this one I hold in my hand. I'm trying to cover the Chargers logo, guys, since that seems to kind of <laughs> You're doing a great job. throw people <laughs> off a little bit. But yeah, the aluminum is an infinitely recyclable material. So you use it, you can use, recycle it and use it again and again and again. It's very sustainable, and that's why Ball as a company is leaning into aluminum can and cup production. And so the production techs work on that. They're at the front line of the aluminum can production process at Ball's plants. If you're a production tech, you'll start with a wage of $27.39 per hour. There's potential for increase at 6, 12, 18 months on the job. You'll be exposed to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities at the plant, and you can grow from that. Many production techs have become maintainers, which is the next step up. And plenty of employees who start out as production techs have gone on to roles in operations and management throughout throughout the ball the, the ball empire. So, if you want to join ball, here are some of the benefits beyond the salary and the chances for uh, for for wage growth within six, twelve, and eighteen months. You get comprehensive insurance active on the day you're hired. 401k for retirement, stock purchase ownership program, even potential for an annual bonus. These are all huge benefits from working for a company like Ball. It's a high-tech job because manufacturing has become high-tech. So if you want to change your career and work at a company that's going to look out for you, check out the opportunities at Ball. It's not just production techs that they're looking for as well, but that's but but that's kind of the big thing. It's a good chance to start your career with a great company. So to get involved and consider joining Ball, text Golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions. You can also go directly at jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222 to be unstoppable at Ball. So we talked a little bit about the quarterback position and how that could change things here. Um, I want to ask you guys where you draw the line on quarterbacks that could make this a Super Bowl caliber roster. I'll, I want to just start by saying this is a playoff team with good quarterback play, um, in my opinion. You know, if you give me a top 10 quarterback, this team is definitely in the playoffs. But where do you draw the line on what what quarterbacks could get this team to the Super Bowl? Um, because I think that really illuminates where it is. Because we know, we've seen John Elway drag, you know, um, a ragtag bunch to the Super Bowl. We've seen Peyton Manning do that type of stuff. So, you know... At a certain point, it doesn't really matter. If the quarterback's good enough, none of the rest of it matters. So wh- where is the who is the quarterback that could get this? Who is the last quarterback that could get this team to the Super Bowl? Well, and I think this is such an important point because so many people in the comment section are saying, if only we had the quarterback, we would be Super Bowl caliber team. And you guys are wrong. 
Well, what does it mean? That quarterback. So Ryan, I think this is a perfect place to have this conversation because Aaron Rodgers on any team, you, you're talking about how they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Russell Wilson on pretty much most every team, except for the Seahawks this year, you're talking about a Super Bowl caliber type of team. And so, of course, if one of those guys joins the Broncos, the Broncos are way better than the Seahawks roster right now. Of course, the Broncos are going to be a Super Bowl caliber team. So where does that line stop and uh, my name or my, my mind goes to Derek Carr. Now, I'm also trying to think of guys who are kind of available, but Derek's not necessarily there. Um, I think Derek Carr is better than Kirk Cousins. So I think with Kirk Cousins, this is not a Super Bowl caliber team. I think with Derek Carr, man, it's close. And Ryan, the Derek Carr, he's like a 10th to 12th best mm -hmm. quarterback in the league. But I'm going to say the Broncos are. We just haven't seen it from Derek. So I have to say that he's the cutoff for yeah. not being a Super Bowl team. But with Derek Carr, this is a, a, an 11-win team, a 12-win team, competitive in the AFC West, and absolutely a playoff team. Okay, so Kirk Cousins, is he below Derek Carr or above Derek Carr? He's below, below. absolutely, okay. in my and mind. I think we could probably agree that uh, Matt Ryan is below Derek Carr. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, and the reason I bring those two guys up, because, of course, those are guys who could be on the market. In fact, yeah. Derek Carr on the uh, QB index that Greg Rosenthal does over at NFL.com, the last QB index, he ranked 10th. Yeah, there we go. Right yeah. right there. So Dak, Dak Prescott was was ninth, by the way. Not that Dak Prescott is coming mm. here. But, like, that's 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 kind of the, the company you're talking about. Prescott, ninth. Matthew Stafford, eighth, Kyler Murray, seventh, et cetera. Now, Russell Wilson is below those guys, but again, it's kind of a, it's a snapshot. I think we can all agree Russell Wilson, if he comes into this team, you are, you're saying it's Super Bowl caliber. That, that, that becomes your goal. Maybe not your expectation, but certainly your goal. Right. Should be the expectation in my opinion. Um, I'm looking at ESPN QBR here. Not mm -hmm. the end all be all, but sometimes, you know, a good resource for things like this. I look at the top. Uh, seven quarterbacks, and I think I could say this is for sure a Super Bowl caliber team with these guys. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Those one, those are, you know, I, I think um, QBR has actually done a pretty good job of, you know, capturing the best quarterbacks in the league up there. Then you, you got to scroll down a little bit. You add in Russell Wilson, um, you add in Lamar Jackson, you add in Dak Prescott. How about Joe Burrow? You probably consider adding in Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. um, and so you end up, you know, getting, what are we at, 12? I think we're up to 12 quarterbacks in the NFL right now um, that I believe could. And then the guys who are in that, same area in terms of QBR, who I wouldn't put on the list. Uh, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Mac Jones, yet Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, and Kirk Cousins. So that's like yeah. the top fifteen ish. Yeah, twelve. I think twelve of the top fifteen. I think are are good enough to do. So you need a top twelve quarterback, which is something we've talked about, you know. But it's easy to say just um, 
just say, oh, yeah, they need a top 10 quarterback. Um, when you actually look at the players, it's like, yeah, I think if you had one of those top 12 guys, mm-hmm. you should have a chance to go to the Super Bowl with this team. Yeah, you should. Yeah, and it, it also just, again, the, the, it's the quality of the rest of the roster. Because, for example, I mean, we see it. The 49ers had an excellent scheme and a good roster. And with that, were able to ride Jimmy Garoppolo to being in the Super Bowl. But, you know, very much as you would say, RK, he was the pilot, not not the plane. We yes. we may see that with Tennessee. Tennessee, if they get the number one seed and they get Derrick Henry back, it would surprise nobody if the Titans make the Super Bowl at that point. But clearly, Derrick Henry back. It, he's practicing. Yeah, oh yeah, he's back God. today, baby. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, they, he's back. And if they, of course, if they take care of business this weekend, he's going to have God. two weeks to get to to get his feet under him and get ready. And he walks in. He he walks in there, and if he is even at eighty five percent when he comes back, then that's a team that probably becomes, uh, if not the favorite, maybe not the favorite because the Chiefs are what they are. But that's a team that with Derrick Henry slaughtered the chiefs back uh back or at midseason so uh, they're gonna have i can't th- wait yeah that that's that's the nice. matchup i think we all want to see in the afc at this point is a healthy titans versus uh versus the chiefs even though ugh, the chiefs i know how people feel but all those guys they have to have stuff around them and that's where you say okay is this broncos roster good enough if you plugged in one of those middle tier guys i'd say good enough to get playoff team i mean i think if if i think if uh you had if you had the, those those guys like a like a Matt, if, if you have Matt Ryan, for example, I think it w- I think with Matt Ryan they went that they have ten wins right now, not seven. I, I think Ugh. I think you yeah ten and six. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I can't even wrap my mind around Matt Ryan just because I, I, it is Joe Flacco two point I, I know I don't Maybe want a little. Better. I don't want a band aid anymore. I, I don't. Well, I never really want a band-aid, but I I don't want to. I don't want a band-aid, but I think Matt Ryan has more is a better quarterback across the board than than Joe Flacco has been, and has more left in his ta- a little bit more left in his tank than Joe Flacco had. But I, I'm not okay. advocating for that as a solution. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I, I, I'm I, just I, saying I, Matt Ryan with this team, I think you'd be talking about a playoff team. I know Matt you're Stafford not advocating. Is also an interesting one for this conversation. Yes. Especially now start thinking about Matt Stafford. Was he worth two ones, guys? It, it, should, should the Broncos have ponied up two ones for him? Because now we're in a conversation where we're talking about, you know, three first plus players for Aaron Rodgers and or uh, Russell Wilson. That two two ones is is cheap for Matt Stafford especially if we're talking about the Broncos maybe not getting the same quarterback play from Matt Stafford as Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers but we're talking about the same end goal being a Super Bowl team it's a good question, question. you ask in my opinion as relating to this sorry Mace uh, is <clears throat> do do you win a Super Bowl if you win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford 100% the right thing or the other question is is the person you drafted with those picks part of your next Super Bowl? Um, because if the Broncos, if if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford, and the Broncos do win a Super Bowl at some point during Pat Sertan's career, then they were they did the right thing, in my opinion. So, what do you think, though? That 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 you 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 can't look at this ten years down the road. You got to be GM George Payton and say, "Do I make that deal?" And now we can be we can be a little bit down the road. We can be you know uh, eleven months down the road and say it. 
I say no, I would not make that deal. And I think with any of these things, though, the problem is like we want to kind of judge Stafford after one year. And I think let's say the Broncos manage to trade for Rogers or Wilson. If they don't win the Super Bowl in year one, I feel like there's going to be some panic just because it didn't happen then. No, I mean, it's a it's a four it's a four or five year window that we're talking about here. And if sure. you and if one of those ends with hoisting a Lombardi trophy, and I would even argue that maybe if there's not a Lombardi trophy, but at least you get to the Super Bowl and you're giving yourself that one game shot, then I think you'd have to say it was a successful trade. I can't get and, too and I realize you have to factor the Lions into this and <clears throat> you know, when uh the Rams did so, they decided that they weren't gonna count this against Matt Stafford. I do not give two first round picks for a quarterback who's never won a playoff game. I just can't do it. That just it just sounds crazy to me. Now, if we're talking about Joe Burrow right now, yeah, sure, I'll give two first round picks for him. But a guy who's been in the league for as long as Matt Stafford has never sniffed a playoff win, uh, that's 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 not two first round picks for me. I totally see what you're saying, Ryan, but we just put the Broncos in the Super Bowl contender category if they have Matt Stafford, and I'm pretty comfortable saying that even without Pat Sertan, and obviously you wouldn't have Pat Sertan if you made that deal for Matt Stafford, so I think you do make that trade, except there's one thing, and this is something that uh, is too cold for us to quantify right now. That report came out about a month or two ago about Matt Stafford's body essentially being broken completely, like chronic back, chronic so many things. If if he checked out like that on the medical side, then obviously you can't do that. But let's say he that, that those don't affect him and he is able to play, you know, five more years, which really should be a minimum for for how young he is right now. Then yes, I personally do because he gives you that chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and in the comments, someone says, like, what, you don't think Matt Safford could have brought this team further than Drew Locke? Like, obviously, we all yeah. know that <laughs> he, he would. It's not about getting a little bit further, though, in my opinion. <clears throat> it's about trying to construct a Super Bowl roster. I don't know if Matt Safford's that guy. If he goes out and wins one playoff game this year, I will be willing to have that conversation next year. And maybe Man, they'll that- win the Super Bowl this year, and I'll be too late. But uh, I, you know, I can't have that conversation about him until he wins a playoff game. Speaking of guys who have won playoff games, uh, Luis brought in this super chat here who said, could Jimmy G get the Broncos over the hump uh, if they can't get Aaron Rodgers or Russ? He gets them to the a, hump. It's going to be a no for me. He gets them to the hump. He doesn't get them over the The hump would be fringe playoff. Like I, I, with Jimmy G – it's I think it's a I think right now maybe they're 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 playing they're they're nine and seven right now. And we're talking about some kind of wild three way race in the AFC West who gets who gets second place based on tiebreakers, yada yada yada. That's that that's all I think you have with Jimmy G. And I don't think that's in that case, I don't think that as Ben Albright would say, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze there. Guys, with with Jimmy G, I ha- I have a friend that's a, a diehard 49er fan, so I've heard it all season just about how great Jimmy G has been, and now maybe it looks like a mistake that they drafted Lance because of how good he's been. And now, I know numbers don't <laughs> say everything. He is Teddy Bridgewater this year. That's what Jimmy G is, 68% completion, 3,400 yards. Now, he has missed a game or two, but so has Teddy. Teddy's just under that yardage. 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
Teddy Bridgewater, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. No, Jimmy G is not someone to get the Broncos over the hump. And he is, though. He is someone that scares me that the Broncos, if they're not able to get one of the big names, they'll convince themselves. And Jimmy G, mm. he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's not a top 10 guy. And do not convince yourself. Like like Ryan and Mace alluded to, he was the, he was the pilot. He was not the plane. In that in that run, that I would rather roll it. I would rather roll the dice on Kenny Pickett and then go with Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy G is sexy though, so that counts for something. Literally, yeah, exactly. Do you <laughs> is think it the eyebrows? Sexy pizza? I think it's the uh, the jawline, honestly. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, the the jawline, I think, coupled with the facial hair, I think a lot of people have some some things for facial hair. I shouldn't be saying that since I can't grow facial hair. That kind of really takes me out of the running. I think his I think his eyebrows are very expressive. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You can tell a lot from his eyebrows. I feel like I can. I feel I feel like the, the because they accentuate the eyes, and I feel like there's a there's a lot that comes out there in terms of peering into Jimmy G's soul, as it were. Yeah, I also think that um, Jimmy G is elevated by the um, Shanahan offense. Yes. Whereas I actually think like the Broncos quarterbacks are held back by their offense. Right. Um. So I think yep. both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke would look way better if they were in San Francisco. Okay, so let's kind of go with a hypothetical here. Um, Mike McDaniel is oc is, is a coordinator in san francisco but he doesn't have play calling responsibilities of course he's a local kid from right here in the denver area so i say kid and he's in his mid-30s so he tells you how old i am but if you would you be able to replicate if you traded for garoppolo would you be able to replicate being reasonably product productive if you had somebody who was running that exact same scheme even though it wasn't kyle shanahan no, because you 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 could maybe get close to it, but you mm -hmm. have to imagine that Kyle's the best at what he does. So you take a step back from that, and you're not getting great production from Jimmy Garoppolo. He he's a, a good game. He's a really good manager, and he's not more than that from what we've seen so far. So I think you would just be fooling yourself. But Mace, I could see a team convincing themselves to do that. I could. So too. I think I think it's a, it's a really good point. But do not get fooled by that and on top of that something we've talked about with drew lock jimmy garoppolo is super injury prone he gets injured all the time some some injuries that that sideline him for a long time some that uh just injure him for a game or two but with your starting quarterback that's an issue yeah it is um <clears throat> one thing that doesn't have issues mid mobile uh, and in fact, it has solutions, solutions for your budget. Uh, Mint Mobile starts as low as $15 a month, and all of their plans come with unlimited talk and text. You choose the data. It's delivered to you on the nation's largest 5G data network. And what you're going to realize is that you've been wasting a lot of your money on your cell phone bill um, because Mint Mobile delivers the same experience, if not better, than what you're getting right now. And they do it for cheaper because they don't worry about having those in-person stores that you have to walk into and they like take your name down and you sit there and wait for half an hour before you even get talked to. No, they do everything online, save themselves a little bit of money on the, on the real estate, save you money in turn because they don't have to pay for it. Uh, it's a great, great setup that they have at Men Mobile. We've all used it. What happens is they, they send you in the mail a SIM card. 
you take the one that's in your phone now, you take that out, you put in their SIM card, boom, you're running on Mint Mobile. Uh, it's really, really fantastic coverage, and it's a really great deal. So check out Mint Mobile, and right now for the holidays, uh, they have a deal where you can uh, get three months free when you sign up for three months for Mint Mobile. Start saving money here. Thank us later. And speaking of getting great deals, something that's a great deal to be sent to you is our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is not only delicious coffee, but it packs CBD punch. And of course, a lot of people say CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on. And some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So that's a great one-two punch to start your morning, to keep you going throughout the day. And on top of that, another one-two punch that Strava has is if you use the code DNVR over at Strava Craft Coffee, DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your first per Purchase your entire order of your first purchase, and you got to check out all the flavors they have. On top of CBD, they have a marshmallow flavor. It is absolutely delicious. You get 25% off by using the code DNVR25 over at StravaCraftCoffee.com. And then after you use that code, make sure to subscribe to Strava, and you'll save 20% off every single order after that. And you can have it set up where it's delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks. However often you want, it'll show up at 20 20% off. So make sure to check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the comments from the listeners. First one comes in from some people call me the Space Cowboys. Imagine it. Justin Herbert and Derek Carr have each taken 40 kneel downs due to a secret text exchange the night before. <laughs> each secretly agreed to kneel down on each play, including fourth downs. At first, fans, coaches, analysts, and even players are baffled and amused by this cute game of sportsmanship. But after the first half ends, in 35-minute tensions boil over, and the game is halted. Fans are screaming. Cups are being thrown onto the field. Children tug at their parents' sleeves, asking why their beloved team refuses to play. Dreams and dollars spent have gone up in flames. Roger Goodell comes out on an emergency broadcast and announces the game is over, and both teams are now disqualified from the playoffs, and the remaining divisional team in the AFC West will take their place. That is how the Broncos will get into the playoffs. The DraftKings sportsbook promo uh and never uh about never having a zero zero game is gone away forever oh uh, that sounds beautiful i'll i'll take that over the uh the old john mckay solution quote three or four plane crashes and we're in the playoffs unquote oh, oh my gosh wow that john is McKay brutal and, and guys on, on top of that i think the broncos get to keep their playoff spot so we're talking about a dream scenario broncos lose this week make the playoffs and get a top 10 pick of course, and the other thing, yeah, they they keep the draft spot, but then Bridgewater goes through the concussion protocol. We have a quarterback controversy for the playoff opener. Yes, oh, let's go. <laughs> Sign oh, me man. up. Um, I it makes me it. sad, Mace, to know that uh, if John McKay said that in today's day and age, people would be upset. I know, I know. I mean, you look back, and he, he would say things that would that people would be like, "Oh my God!" I mean, you know, his theory, on, and he and he had a very dark sense of humor. People don't really like that these days. Like he, he always he always sat at the back of planes. Usually, coaches sit at the front. He would always sit at the back because he always he always said that he never saw a plane go ass first into a mountain. He, I, th I think he also had a genuine fear of flying, the way he talked about airplanes. It sounds like it. Yes, it really does. Does he realize that if the front of a plane goes into an airplane, the back is quick to follow? Yeah, I don't think it ever kind of registered with him. But, uh, you know, 
you got to have some coping mechanisms to be able to survive Owen 26 by the, I mean, we were, I was talking of course yesterday on Twitter about how few coaches have survived in the 21st century have survived three losing seasons to start their reign. I mean, it was an expansion team. Sure. But I don't think even today a coach of an expansion team would be allowed to get anywhere near 26 consecutive losses before the cord was pulled. Well, didn't uh, Hugh Jackson have around that many? He knew. I don't. Did he start with that many losses? I'm not sure. Like, hang on. <clears throat> I think it was something like 30 out of 32 or something. Yeah, it, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. But um, let's see here. He was. Uh, it's it's always great radio when we're or great <laughs> podcasting when we're looking up a guy's record here. Yeah, one in 15, then 0 in 16. So he got oh to uh, he got to 14 oh straight losses, then got the win. That but is I mean, yes, bad. one out of 32. Yeah. That is, wow, that is wild. That's I, I wish from... they had let him go after his second season when they were when he was one in thirty one, because then you could celebrate. Um, you could celebrate January thirty first as Hugh Jackson Day, just like uh, you can celebrate um, October twenty second as Pat Shermer Day, because he went uh, ten and twenty two with both of his teams. Wow, rough. as head coach. That is Next one's, coming, Next in one's from... coming in from Mile High till I die. Says how long or, or, should the Broncos... nine twenty three September twenty third? My bad, sorry. How long should the Broncos pursue a trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? If the draft comes around and Seattle or Green Bay haven't made a move, do we have to suck it up and draft a quarterback? And if we draft a quarterback, does that mean the possibility of trading for Russell Rodgers is over? Or could we potentially send our drafted quarterback away in a trade if a deal gets done later than expected? I don't see it happening. Um, so, first of all, you don't have to draft a quarterback um, <clears throat> if you get to the draft and you still haven't made a move. Uh, but the fan base is going to lose their minds if you don't. Um, yeah. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, but and, and you shouldn't always make moves based on the fans. But, it, you know, it's been a while here. You might have to throw these guys a bone at some point. Um, and, no, I don't see a scenario where, like, you draft – Matt Corral and then trade him to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. If they wanted, you know, uh, a quarterback in the draft, they could, they would just make the trade for the pick and, mm -hmm. you know, have full control over who it's going to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially where at the process right now with both of these guys, Aaron Rodgers said he wants to make a decision about his future soon after the season. So I don't see this sparking right before the draft like it did last year. I think it's going to be well over probably before even the new league starts in March. Uh, and then with Russ, I also, this has been sparking for a while now. So I don't see this taking a long time to get resolved. I do think we'll know. Uh, and, and hopefully also we know an answer to both of those guys before the draft comes around. And I think, yeah, I think so as well, maybe not as early as Matthew Stafford last year when the reports came out in January. And of course you can't execute that trade until March technically, but I think we'll, I think we'll know, like Zach said, by the start of the new league year. Exactly. Next yeah. one coming in from Broncology. Tell the offensive coordinator who wrote the playbook when you call him into the office for termination day. Pat, thanks for your hard work these past few days or few years. Unfortunately, it's not working out. We've decided to go a different direction. If you'd be so kind to return your keys and your playbook before you leave and best of luck to you moving forward. But it's my playbook. I wrote it. I don't have to give it to you. 
See, Pat, that's exactly right. It's also the reason we need that playbook. Go ahead and pass it over here so that no other team or fan base has to deal with such a boring, uninspired, and unimaginative document. Wow, that's rough. I thought there was going to be a joke there. It was just like a fanfic. <laughs> nice Dan Burke uh, says hey guys we're at the point as a fan base where we have to look for wins wherever we can get them so we can talk about the Broncos holding Jamar Chase to one catch for three yards a couple of weeks ago especially in light of what he did against a pretty good chief secondary the other day yeah that <clears throat> that's a that's what I was talking about earlier with like you can't say that this team can't cover and you should be able to rush and cover and for whatever reason, they don't really rush. Um, so that's frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, hats off. Um, Jamar Chase had zero targets when covered by Pat Sertan. Zero targets. Joey B looked over there and said, oh, sorry, uh, Jamar, you stand no chance against number two. Uh, I'm looking somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, it it in that that is that's something where why we said he should have been a pro bowler his rookie season is because he was that good and Vic did a great job with everyone else, Bryce Callahan and really containing him, especially not just what he did against the Chiefs, but he's had multiple two hundred yard games this season, which is insane. Yeah, and it's it, the the whole defense did a great job, but I think uh if you're if you're looking for one game that shows why Sertan should have been a pro bowler. It's that it's that one, and it's 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 a shame that we won't see that matchup for a little bit because um, you know Broncos fourth place, Bengals going to be first place. It's not on the docket for next year, so it's going to be a minute or two before we see those two old SEC guys duel again. But I, I think it'll be it'll be I think those matchups will end up being a lot of fun to watch over the next several years. Uh, a couple super chats here that we can hit quickly, I think. Uh, first one from Stephen Scholey says, Melvin Gordon is lighting up other t- uh, reporters on Twitter this morning. Guys, we might be next. We might be next on the list. We very uh, much may be next. Yeah, he went at a Mile High Report, uh, and he wrote, quote, Who writes y'all articles? So tired of y'all ass, it don't make sense. I don't have to be on a Super Bowl team to know players. I'm not blind. Three exclamation points. Y'all annoy TF out of me. We know what that stands for. And for your info, we had a Super Bowl team with the Chargers and Broncos. Y'all don't know football, unquote. I feel like Melvin doesn't know how Super Bowls work. <laughs> I I have to wonder, was this was this article uh written in a way of like just trolling him, or was he just mad that, that they reported on this? It was an the article was written in a way of of uh of saying, uh, first of all, it says, quote, there's a definite possibility Gordon knows something we fans do not, unquote, but then says the first thoughts were, quote, Melvin won. Melvin has never in his career even sniffed the Super Bowl, unquote, and then says, mm. how would he know what a Super Bowl roster looks like because he was a charger? Number two, quote, <laughs> what distributor in Denver does he buy from because that dude is smoking something otherworldly, unquote. <laughs> oh, oh see, now you crossed Yeah, the line. see, he, that, that, that one made it personal. Yeah, oh, wow. I was going to say, I wonder if he's coming for my article next, but I could promise you, Melvin, mine uh, doesn't do anything like that in there. Yeah, this is. Yeah, uh, but I do think Mel- Melvin is wrong in saying, like, uh, we had Super Bowl teams, um, especially not with the Broncos. Uh, I- I'm sure he was on some pretty good Chargers teams, uh, and they did have a quarterback. So. I'll, I'll I'll hear that argument. That, hey, mm-hmm. you know, a couple breaks here or there, we could have been in the Super Bowl. Definitely the 2018 team. 
the one that the, the one that won at Kansas City late on the two point conversion and won at Baltimore in, in the playoffs in Lamar Jackson's rookie year before losing the Patriots in the divisional round. I, that one, yeah, that we're not saying Super Bowl team. Well, we're saying Super against, Bowl. What was the score against the Patriots? Forty one twenty eight. I guess I'll allow it. Maybe. But they were behind. 38-7 early in the third no, quarter. No, no, it's over. <laughs> I, it was not a Super Bowl team. Not sorry, no, you were not. Well, Super Bowl uh, caliber, not Super Bowl. Super Bowl. You can't be Super Bowl caliber we, if you can't play with the best team in the in the conference. Well, the the, the best team in the conference. You well, okay, they did. Yeah, the Patriots did win it that year, but that, that was the the Chiefs also the number one seed. So in the regular season, the Chiefs were the best team in the conference, and they split with them. So. I mean, yeah, just but they a, showed they could win that game. I yeah. don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you got smoked, man. There's just no way that you can say that you were Super Bowl caliber when you got blown out in the playoffs. And the Broncos, he has well, the Broncos got no to a leg Super Bowl and got blown on. out. He, well, yes, but he has he has no leg to stand on saying that this team is is Super Bowl caliber. Um, and and that's not necessarily exactly what he said, um, but this he just said it in that tweet. You know I, that we were Super Bowl teams. No, no, you are not. You are you aren't even close. <laughs> Nick Beckwith comes in with the super chat and says, "Shout out to you guys for crushing it all year. You guys sure do have a Super Bowl roster." Hashtag DNVR Nick, you're making my day there. Thank hey, you, my man. We're unbeaten. Our tailgates are unbeaten. I mean, you could say they're winless, but they're unbeaten. Although I think you win by having a good time at the DNVR tailgate every Saturday or Sunday. Everyone they wins do. when they go yeah. to the uh, DNVR tailgate. Next one's from Paul here. Hey, guys, just re-up for my fourth year as a DNVR member. We got him again. Pretty wild. Uh, you guys have been part of my day for that long. Mace will get this reference, but I'm a diehard Manchester United fan as well as the Broncos. And watching them and the Broncos play every weekend has me living in a world of suck. Watching so many bad performances and poor coaches week in, week out has got me down. Luckily, we have you guys uh, to keep us Broncos fans going. Looking forward to the offseason coverage and optimism. The foundation of a great team is there. What do you think the odds are of someone coming in and saying, I can turn Drew Locke into the guy and that being our new coach? The tools are there and you can make the argument that he's never really been set up for success. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. And the reason is, is because John Elway is not the general manager anymore. I don't think coming into an interview and saying Drew Locke's my guy, I can turn him around is going to be something that tickle George fan, George fancy, George Payton's fancy. Uh, I don't think that's something that that's going to work. I think they're going to want to hear a plan outside of the organization, whether it's, you know, they have ties to Aaron or, or Russ uh, or whether it's, you know, they love this guy in the draft and, and can convince them in order to, uh, to, to take them in the draft. I, I don't think Drew is a selling point in George's mind. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Um, now, no one is going to be excited over this. Um, but there probably is a scenario where the Broncos don't get Russell Wilson. They don't get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the draft falls in a certain way where they don't draft a quarterback high in the draft. And then uh, they get, let's just say, a Jimmy Garoppolo. And we do the exact same thing that we did th this last year, just with a new different quarterback. And it's Drew Locke versus Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp. And maybe the new coach says, oh, I, you know, I'm more interested in what Drew Locke can do for me. Oh, I think you're muted there, Zach. 
Uh oh. I am muted. I muted myself. Muted. Uh, but yeah, Ryan, I, I think I think that can happen. Uh, but just please don't let that happen. Don't let that be the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah. slightly concerning. Next one here is from Mrs. Quill. Um, I don't think Mace has ever been wrong, so I'm scared to even suggest this. But uh, when he said yesterday that even if the Chiefs lose Saturday, the Titans still have to win, it's actually not true. They can lose mm. and still have the number one seed due to head-to-head tiebreak over the Chiefs. By law, Mace now has to either retire or buy me a chicken sandwich from the bar. Well, I hate to say this, but you're wrong because both Cincinnati and New England can get home field advantage in scenarios that involve both Chiefs and Titans losses. For example, the Bengals, they'll get, although they're taking a hit because of COVID right now, the Bengals get home field if they if they win and the Titans and Chiefs lose and New England loses or ties. New England needs a Chiefs law lo- a Chiefs loss, a Kansas City loss, a Tennessee loss, and a Buffalo loss in order to be the home field. But again, the Titans do have to win or they can risk uh, New England or Cincinnati flying through the side window and taking that number one seed. Um. Wow. Okay. But is there a chance that the Titans could lose and still get the number one seed? Um. Let me actually look that up right now because I'm actually yeah, on. If everyone loses. If every if everybody right. loses, let me look. And I got. Let's see. Denver. So if everybody loses, the Titans win. Right. Okay. So but there's... but the thing is, but the, the the point is though that if the tight if the Titans lose, like there there are right like I'm looking at the scenarios here, and the, there are of the of the scenarios that uh, that Joe Ferrer puts out, there are six scenarios that involved a Denver win and a or so a Chiefs loss and a Titans loss, and in those six scenarios, the Titans are a number two seed in three of them, a number three seed in four of them. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, they do. I mean, they do have to win. They, they definitely win. can't pack it in. That's right. Sure. They're, they're, they're um, going to play to win on Sunday. So no matter, matter of semantics. Last one here coming in from D Bronk. Hear me out. How about we bring in Matt Nagy as OC. Ryan Pace gave him nothing to work with offensively except for Allen Robinson. What kind of offensive wizardry do you expect when you have a bottom tier OL and Mitch, Foles, Fields, and Dalton at QB? I expect something good with Fields. Uh, Nagy mm-hmm. would be a good pairing with Fangio, too, if Peyton decides to keep the Stevens intact. I've talked about this several times. I think it is what will happen if Vic Fangio is retained as head coach. I think the chances of Vic Fangio being retained as head coach have gone all the way down to slim. I won't say slim to none, but they've gone down to slim. Uh, when I was actually, you know, kind of saying I thought it was a likelihood just a few weeks ago, um, back-to-back tough losses uh, with this last one, you know, obviously not exactly being his fault. But I think the chance to sell the fan base on Vic Fangio coming back another year has uh, passed. So um, if he were to come back, I think it is Matt Nagy as head coach, but I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I'm not or, sorry, on Matt Nagy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced on Matt Nagy being the OC in terms of liking that move. The reason is because what has he done? He did nothing in Chicago. I guess he had one good season his first year. And then before that, he was just a product of Andy Reid. And uh, sure, that can help you. But he we've, we've seen him do nothing. That's made me say he is definitely a an offensive guy, an offensive yeah. guru. And the other thing is like those quarterbacks that were named there, are those – any worse on the whole over four years than what the Broncos have had? 
Right. Um, yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Trubisky is basically a, a younger, a kind of a younger version of somewhere in between Bridgewater and Locke. You know, he's efficient when he's doing reasonably well. There is some downfield capability, but not somebody who's who, who's elevating everybody around him. Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I always caution people. And, and I think that Vic Fangio has made enough mistakes that it just doesn't matter. Um, but no coach looks good when they – I shouldn't say no. Almost every coach looks bad when they don't have a quarterback. Um, the list of guys who look good without a quarterback is very, very, very short. So, you know, you, you can keep chasing guys out of town. And again, I think Vic Fangio screwed up enough things that it's warranted, but you can keep chasing guys out of town with no quarterback, you know, forever. Uh, the, you need to find a quarterback to actually give a coach a chance to succeed. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You have to have a quarterback. You, you do. And that's why, this head coaching search, if they have one, isn't going to be the most important thing this offseason. It's going to be, one. well, one, the owner is going to be very important. But the, the real thing for this coming year, it's going to be the quarterback. That's what's going to matter. Yeah, it, that is what's going to matter. Um, and I think that's all we have for everyone today. So that is going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. And we'll talk, uh, we, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Flying cotton